Welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show. The show is designed to give you solutions to your day-to-day management and leadership problems. It's hosted by Matthew Haddock, a frontline manager and leader with over 25 years of experience. If you're ready, then let's get on with the show. Welcome to Manager Matt podcast show. This week's episode, why do problem solving programs not solve problems? Today we'll examine how to approach problem solving, which fixes the problems forever, how to make the change to support a problem solving environment, and how we can see results from problem solving. So let's get on with the show. Delivering results is a primary aim of management, and one thing that gets in the way of doing this are problems. Problems pop up everywhere, from raw material issues, to machinery, to the environment, to our people, and on and on. So let's be honest, most daily meetings are built on reading out why problems have stopped your team delivering the plan or satisfying the customer. The traffic light system or RAG system focuses on, guess what, yes, what problems have pushed the department into red, usually yesterday. And with every problem comes the action of the problem-fixing team. The machinery clicks into action and off they go to get rid of the problems. The engineers, the team managers, the technical lead all put on their, you know, Superman costumes, get their opinions in and work around a fix so the problem can go away. And hopefully by the next day, they all announce problem is fixed and we're all green on the board. Hooray! So that's it. The problem is closed. It's fixed forever. Never to rear its ugly head again. And within a couple of months... All the problems will be solved in our business. The world will be a better place. And unicorns and rainbows will be everywhere. Right? I guess by episode 7, you're getting to hear a bit of sarcasm in my voice. Of course the problems will come back. Sometimes dressed in different clothes. Why is that, you ask? Because people fear saying that they have not fixed the issue. Remember, they stood up. In a meeting, in front of all the team, their peers and their boss, and pronounced that they'd fixed the problem. That's a good example of where the culture doesn't really support fixing the issue yet. So the people are reluctant to admit failure. Now remember, people who announced that problem was fixed were experts, engineers, professional managers. They don't like others to see them as being wrong and not fixing the problems. Does that sound familiar? So what? should happen to get problems sorted. Let's quickly look at an industry where problems are sorted. Not totally removed, but reduced significantly. That industry is aviation. The idea of a black box is a great example of where a system is used to fix an issue, making air travel one of the safest ways to travel. You should also look a bit deeper at the culture in aviation, where it is Sometimes overlooked, pilots and others are encouraged to raise safety near misses without any comeback. That way, a near miss is addressed before it became and becomes an incident. The culture embraces problems as a way of improving the future, not looking to punish the past. Another area to look at is the UK health and safety record. It's one of the safest places in the world to work. Through regulation, enforcement, fines and education, each business worth working for will have safety at the top of their urgent and important list. 
On the point of safety, I've seen for the last 25 years in management a massive shift towards fully investigating and fixing forever safety near misses and accidents. I've worked for companies and managers who don't fear stopping a process or missing an order to make sure people are safe. That kind of business is one that you want to work for. It shows that it really, really cares. So to really move from a fix it for a day to a fix it for 100 years, you need to look at problems as if they were safety incidents. By doing this, problem solving and fixing forever should be a prerequisite of a business's success. Less problems means more time to focus on delivering the results consistently. Let's look how we do this. And no surprise, I've pulled together five steps. I feel these will start moving your teams towards a problem-fixing culture. So let's go through them. Step one, give the right people the right tools to solve the problem. You don't all have to be yellow belt or green belt or black belt in Six Sigma or a Kaizen master to be able to use simple problem-solving tools. But you do need a structure and a common approach. Spend time to looking at the tools you think would work in your organisation. Some common tools are A3 problem-solving sheets, an eight-step problem-solving approach, or a fishbone. Some use problem-solving documents, or PSDs, which involve a number of techniques. Step two, get buy-in. This is key here. We need to get the people trained to use the tools, but we also need the pie-in to make sure that all levels and departments get involved. If you don't get the right people involved at the right time, then it looks like it's somebody else's. And if you have a problem-solving department or a lean coach, usually it ends up their job. It should never be their job. They're there to facilitate, to help it happen. But they shouldn't be the real owners of it. Some PSDs, especially the ones I've worked with, uh, must have cross-department involvement. If they don't, it doesn't make any sense. It will just become a production or a technical or a quality issue. And that will never, ever get to the real root cause of your problems. Step three, time. Give the problem-solving process time and space to grow. And by doing that, you're going to start to embed it. Don't give up if the first PSD or uh, fishbone or A3 is a failure. Because sometimes you need to go around that cycle a few times, again and again, to make it stick and also to get to the root cause. Remember how much time you've already spent fixing problems over and over and over again. If you can only fix one problem a week for a year, you have fixed 52 problems forever. Just think of what you could do if you have 52 less problems in your working year. Step four. Don't let people say they haven't got time. Like step three, people are quick to abandon an idea when they don't see it working. They don't have time to do this. You know, we know the real problem of this. There's no point in doing all that. Let's not, let's not even look at it anymore. We think we've sorted it out. That's what got us here in the first place. You must make sure that people don't abdicate the responsibilities and try to get away from it. Because you've got the buying and you've got the training, this shouldn't be a major problem but you must make sure people don't say they don't have time because if you don't have time you'll never get to the root cause of the problem and your cycle will continue going over and over again and remember like any change people are going to be wary of the change when they can see the benefits they'll all be in for it so make sure people don't decide to leave the process too early and step five make them important make them seen as a kpi 
As safety has become the first thing on the agenda, it's become more and more important. So let's put problem solving as the next. If you measure and monitor your PSDs or whichever system you are using, you will see the results. Do this in your daily meeting. Make them important by putting a cost saving against them. It's amazing how much interest people get when you put a pound sign or a dollar sign next to it. The hidden costs in problems that are not fixed are massive and will remain there until you really get focused on them. So let's recap. Step one, give people the right tools. Step two, get buying from the right people. Step three, time. Give the process time to work. Step four, make sure people don't say they don't have time and are too busy. Step five, make it important as a KPI. Well, thanks for listening on how to solve problems forever. Now it's over to you. You've got the background of how it works. You have a context of how you will deliver results. You have a step-by-step guide. Now it's up to you to take action and start seeing the benefits. So what are you waiting for? Do it. Nothing comes from nothing. Okay, that's it for me, Manager Matt, this week. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this Manager Matt podcast. We hope you found it interesting, helpful and actionable. One last thing, please leave a quick review on iTunes or with your podcast provider as it helps to spread the word of Manager Matt. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you did like anything in particular, send an email to managermattpodcast at gmail.com or visit managermatt.co.uk for more content. Feedback is a gift, so let's keep giving. See you next week.